Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today we're going to be interviewing Kevin F. about his life in addiction and his recovery. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. So let's dive in here and get started. I guess tell us a little bit about your childhood. Did you have both parents when you were growing up? Uh, yes and no. Um, my mom passed when I was like seven years old. And uh, so I spent a lot of time... Uh, like at just the daycare across the street. Uh, my dad usually, I think the only time I really seen him was just like, wake up, all right, get over there, go to school, come come back, hang out at the daycare. He picks us up, go to bed, same routine. Uh, you want me to keep going on, on that? Yeah, or? keep going. I want to hear all about it. Tell me about your childhood. Um. We ended up uh, losing the house after that. Uh, How old were you? About eight or nine. Um, then this is all obviously after my mom passed. Uh, so we went and like stayed on my aunt's or at my aunt's and slept on the pullout couch. And uh, um, once I got into like middle school, um, my dad finally got like you know a place that we each had a room for a little bit, but. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd work from two in the afternoon to two in the morning. And um, so I was kind of just going to school, coming home, and I was by myself. My sister was always gone. Uh, I didn't really know how to cook and not wanting to be at the house alone as a teenager. Um, I started just going down and hanging out in this uh, area called Rockwood, where I'm from. Uh, so like, I, I don't, I'm from Portland, Oregon. And um, there's a little Portland metro area called Gresham and Rockwood. Rockwood's kind of more of the, I don't want to call it a ghetto, but it's definitely one of the more lower sides of town. Um, you know, I grew up uh, hanging out on a block called Ruby Junction, probably 30 or 40 or 50 of us every day. Um, you know, skipping school, I started drinking and smoking when I was around 11. Um, the only real smoking, smoking cigarettes? Cigarettes, weed. Um, I got I got introduced to uh, like cocaine and stuff around twelve or thirteen. Um, Molly and stuff like that. Uh, the only real influence that we actually had was uh, the people that were coming around in these nice cars and you know nice outfits and but they were selling drugs. You know what I mean? And we didn't have nothing. Just our mutual group and hanging out and buying jack-in-the-box tacos to feed ourselves up the street but uh you know it went from hey man can you help me out with a dollar to get some tacos to you know selling you know whatever to make money to eat and party and do whatever we were doing um you know eventually it kind of it started to get worse, like, you know, getting arrested a lot, like 13 years old, I was in a high speed chase, um, just joyriding in this car. 
I was arrested for burglary or something at like 12. Um, what were you trying to steal? <clears throat> it was kind of a, a funny story. Uh, we were we were actually tagging on the side of this building and they opened up the garage and we just dipped out and I left my dad's bike and my dad really wanted his bike back. And so more out of like concern for my dad's desire for the bike, I ended up, we ended up going and breaking into the store to get the bike back and we grabbed a bag full of candy. But then we ended up going back, back and like, cause it was so easy. We were like, dude, let's do it again. And we found like some cash. And I ended up getting arrested for it. And, you know, thank God they forgave me because I was so young and stuff. But yeah. Um, what was school like during childhood? Uh, through grade school, I mean, I was kind of, I think I was a little bit set apart from some people. Like, I just, I didn't really know how to fit in. Um, middle school, like sixth grade, I got expelled. Um, skipped as much as I could. I, I did, you know, end up getting through it with like a C or D average. Um, I dropped out about high school though, not freshman year, just a few months into it. Um, got my GD. Um, but like by the time I was like 15, 16, I was a full blown alcoholic. Um, yeah. I mean, is there any prompts that you want to follow or any what? To, any prompts that you want me to follow or you just want me to keep going? No, just keep going. Keep going about your story. Um, did teachers or anyone pick up on your, because you were using at a young age, right? Did any of the teachers pick up on this? I mean, if you were smoking pot at 12, were you doing it at school? Not really. Uh, I had really bad anxiety. And so, like, I didn't, I didn't really try to smoke when I had to be around a lot of people, other than, like, people that I, I knew really well. Um, the alcohol, though, like, I remember... <laughs> Um, going to the GED classes at Mount Hood Community College, sitting in the back with a red solo cup, taking my 40 ounce out, pouring it into the cup and just chilling like I was all cool. I don't know why I did that, but for me, I was having a blast. Um, I did get my GED, thankfully. Um, but kind of where, really where it carries into is uh, like a lot of it just was that kind of spectrum of things until I was about 21. Um, I was arrested for something I didn't do. Uh, they blasted across. What'd you get arrested for? What'd you get arrested for? Uh, attempted murder. Um, they said that I shot my friend in the face of the church and they blasted it across national news. Um, it's actually still up to date if you Google my name. Uh, so I'm working, like right now I'm working on trying to get that figured out, but so how do you how do you wrongfully get accused of shooting someone in the face? Um, I fired around at the at the dirt, and uh, kind of as a warning shot. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have had it in the first place. But, but did it hit him? No, it just they they he had some marks on his face from uh, being pistol whipped, and they tried to tell me that there was an entry and exit wound and all this extra stuff and. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't really say nothing to him to the to the detectives, but I was just like, I didn't. I didn't do that. You know what I mean? 
Did the did you did the bullet ricochet? They they tried to say that. And so that's, like, that could have happened. I mean, I don't think a doctor would lie about having an entry and an exit wound. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't a doctor that actually said it. It was just the detectives trying to push. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I ended up in jail for about six months. With a, they took you know because of the combination of things that the charges I got being twenty one. I like. You know, my birthday, I got caught with a sawed-off shotgun, and uh, I had some, I had an assault charge, and then I had that all within three months, and so. What were the re- Why'd you have all these guns? Um, I don't know. I just collect, I was just kind of collecting, I guess, in a sense. Legally or illegally? Uh, well, the sawed-off shotgun obviously wasn't legal. Uh the pistol I had was. It was registered in your name. You were able to get a firearm permit. Uh, I purchased it, uh, like you know, from from friends I knew that that owned it legally, and I got all the paperwork. I don't think I actually went about registering it yet. Um, I also never took any classes on like you know proper training, uh, which I I should have, but I don't need guns, um, and I understand that now. It, just being 21 years old, I was in, I think I was infatuated with them more than anything. Um, what, what, what do you think it was about the power of holding a gun or what? what? It was, I think it was just more, I, no, I didn't really feel power in it. It was just like, it's kind of like, you know, just having like a collection of cool things, you know what I mean? Um, like, some people have cars, some people have knives, some people have guns, some people have coins. It's just, I, I liked that at that time. Um, but what I was trying to get to is uh, what ended up happening is I was, you know, I was doing really well. I was uh, dating this uh, chick. Her stepdad was um, a superintendent at one of the big companies around here. And I was working for them at that company and staying with them, saving money. And, uh, you know, me and her were together for a good solid year, a few years, and everything was going really well. And uh, when I got in trouble for all these things, it just kind of everything went downhill. And uh, when I went to, when I was in jail, you know, they gave me a, a lawyer that was retiring in three months and told me I was a good for nothing lying piece of crap. Um, and, I, you know, every, everything went away. Like, uh, Aren't you allowed to ask for a different attorney? I tried, but they denied me. And, um, you know, I, it got to the point where my family stopped coming to see me, you know, uh, going through that phone call, you know, on the phone with my ex, figuring out that uh, she was in bed with somebody else. My sister went over there to check on her, you know. Just a lot of emotional roller coaster through that. And it was all self inflicted, obviously. But, you know, at the time, I was just, I felt like I was just in an accident. Um, what ended up happening after that is uh, so the following years, like, you know, I got out uh, after that six months and um, I, hit, I kind of got out, I hit the ground running. I had a nice little packet of like what I was going to do. Um, within a month, you know, I had a, an apartment, a girl, a job. I was going to school full time for uh, uh, my A plus certification for computer hardware. 
she, me and her ended up having a falling out. Um, I kind of relied a little bit too much of my life on her support. So it was like half of mine, half of my input in, you know, some of my basic needs, like my housing and my car were invested with half of what she was putting in. So when she left it, I was kind of all that had to be made up for what, uh, with what I didn't have at the moment. And, um, you know, obviously having that, uh, I think I was definitely codependent at the time. Um, having that separation, it, it hurt, but. What made you lead, what leads you to think you had codependency issues? Um, well, going through the steps, uh, through this program that I just graduated, uh, I found that it really stems from, uh, you know, not having my mother early on in my life. And uh, so seeking that female interaction and comfort, in a sense, it, it sounds kind of weird to say like that, but like, you know, being, having that, that other part of the relationship, that love, that, that I, I, don't, I don't have the words for it. Um, you know, it's crazy. I'm usually better at telling the story, all of it. But uh, I'm just going to put it to you like this, man. Uh, what I went through with that in the very beginning and when I was 21, it, it ended up coming to a point where it was like I went from trying to do good, failing, back to, you know, selling drugs to trying to do really well. I did really well at some point. And I tried to get out of it, tried to, you know, move and got into a house with my friend. Tried to, tried get, to get out of what? Selling drugs? Yeah. I just wanted a normal life. You know what I mean? And like, I didn't, I didn't really know how to live it. I, I tried doing like normal jobs, but I have club foot. So it makes it really hard for me to stand. Uh, and um, so that, that definitely played a role. And plus my lack of education, uh, made it really hard for me to find a job that I could physically do then also you know the no routine routine it was like a constantly revolving schedule people calling you all times of the day drug dealing for years and so that wasn't conducive to supporting any you know real career path and at the time I, I guess I didn't really see it I wasn't aware I kind of was but it's like I didn't know how to get out of that rut um, but what ended up happening is I, I ended up failing, trying to do it right. And then obviously, you know, trying to do it the wrong way had its own ends of in failure. And after so many failures, I just, I started to give up, you know, I started using drugs and personally like meth and, uh, well, I, I kind of replaced the alcohol with meth and, uh, I went on on a binge for like three, four years, was completely homeless, no car, estranged from all my friends and family. Uh, till eventually, like in January, 2021, I was arrested with 18 felonies. And uh, looking at what was probably going to be for sure prison. Uh, what ended up happening though, I was, uh, I was aware that I really wanted to do something different. And the only things that I could see that I could use to be proactive with that was just taking what I had around me, which was books. 
And uh, two main ones actually that, that really made things clear for me was first off the Bible. And the second one was uh, this book called The Kid and CEO by Tom Pace. Um, about a kid that was in jail and uh, how this dude was coming in doing some meetings and uh, kind of guided him on you know what to read and what to make plans for when he got out the kid ended up getting a reference for a place to stay uh, ended up getting a job opportunity and starting his own businesses and then eventually ended up meeting the governor and having um, everything expunged and all that it was, it was a really good story for some reason it really inspired me um, also with the bible it was like it, it was kind of weird for me like i Found myself just reading this, like not knowing why I was reading it, and it was it was kind of cool. I, I found myself reading passages that were like, "This has been in here for two thousand years, and I'm literally just learning this lesson like two three weeks ago for myself." And so I kept reading. I found other things that were like that. I'm like, "Man, if it's got this much stuff in here, maybe I just need to keep reading and taking the lessons in here for what they are, just trusting that they're you know." how to the way that they say how to deal with these things and so i did and i ended up choosing to try to find a treatment center uh that would maybe take me eventually i was released on my own progress and went to uh this place called sydney team uh, in portland and they uh ironically were faith-based uh treatment organization and um they, they were the only people that answered the phone. They, I mean, they even came and picked me up. So once I got here, I ended up going through their 12-step uh, program. Uh, going through the program, I developed routine, and uh, I got a community of people that were trying to better themselves and were working together to build each other up. And that was something that I've never really had, especially like going through my addiction and being estranged from all the people that I knew and then every single one of them either being so far gone on drugs that they're just you can't even really talk to them anymore they're in prison or they, they're gone you know what I mean they're, they're passed away and so getting that community was huge and I think I said I think I just said it but like routine um, several months of just waking up and going to bed at the same time waking up going somewhere doing some work or getting put on a job that uh, you know obviously comes with some responsibility and just just enjoying it and building that stamina it taught me how to do the things that i didn't really know how to do before that i just always kind of ignored so after you know going through while going through that i i you know made sure it was like okay i'm just going to do what i got in front of me get it done now relax later did all that and then I started like researching my own like uh on my own some time management stuff so uh, like uh seven habits of highly effective people was huge um learning how to set goals and stuff like that uh I eventually graduated in September um got offered a placement in their youth program which offers uh several years of housing to be able to uh, pursue um higher education they also offered me an internship. So now, uh, not only am I in the program, but I work as the house manager and kind of like the lead person for the program. Um, kind of give, you know, some guidance and uh, a person, to, a point of contact and a person to listen to 
for the other you know youth that are in the program that are mostly younger than I am. And uh, I've also started school at PCC, going to school for a bachelor's degree in computer science. Uh, about to finish my first term uh, here in about a week or two, acing everything. And uh, that's great. And then um, I've also started my business, uh, Original Guidance, that I'm using to promote scripture. Um, basically, people can purchase the clothing and it, it rocks some of their favorite scripture. And the reason I'm doing that is because the little bits of word that I got here and there and little bits here and then reading and then finally just having it click. It was those little seeds that kept being planted all over the place that made it possible for you know, my own understanding to take root. And so with the products that are being sold, they're not only promoting it and planting those seeds with other people, striking a conversation about God, getting the chance to kind of talk to other people about what their faith looks like and what Jesus looks like and who that, who he is. But um, I'm working on starting getting all that together. And then 50% of all the proceeds are going to be going to donating the clothing products with the scripture to you know, people that need clothing, uh, homeless, and just plant those seeds in some of the harder-to-reach places. Yeah, I mean, everything is looking really good for me. I've been able, uh, you know, something recently, I just got a chance to go speak in front of a bunch of city leaders and council and uh, commissioners about, you know, my story, kind of what I went through and uh, kind of how I turned it around. And it was really cool having, you know, being able to talk in front of them because they were asking me, like, what was a struggle for you? You know, what can we do to make it, you know, easier for the next guy? And I was like, really just make the resources and the, the options and common knowledge not have to be something that you have to fiercely seek out. Because I couldn't find nowhere to go when I was homeless. I didn't know where to go. Cope would shut everything down. You know, yeah. So you got, sounds like you got your life together now. So what's a lesson that you've learned from all this that maybe you can give the viewers and the people listening some advice and how to help themselves in their future? Um, really the best advice I could give is straight, is straight from the Bible. Um, you know, a couple of things that I keep with me is uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. It says, Plans fail due to lack of advisors, but with many advisors, they succeed. And that could be your community. Um, you know, people that have a community versus people that don't are more prone to succeed. And the people that don't really have a community, they're more prone to fail. Um, Matthew 6, 36, or 6, 33, you know, seek first kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. You know, it just... Separate your, try to, try to gain awareness and separate yourself from, you know, the instinctual heart, flesh driven desires and your mind from each other and try to rule yourself with your spiritual side, your mind, your soul, and pick a good leader for that. For me, mine was God, you know what I mean? It gave me insight on how to be of the soul and of the spirit versus you know, of the flesh and the desires, the, the, the drugs, the girls, the all, all the things that, that cause all these problems. And then, um, yeah, 
routine is key. Uh, it kind of lays the foundation for everything else. So if you don't have it, get it. Learn how to set some goals. Um, get a vision for what you want to have, where you want to be. It takes some time to do that. You know, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to do that, but now I got a 10, 20 year plan that I'm actually following and have a real, real way of getting there. Yeah. That's great. It's really, it's a really good story. I'm happy to hear that you're doing so well. So I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So for everyone listening, if you liked what you heard and saw, go below, click subscribe, give us a like, check out our Facebook page, our Facebook group. If you go to the Facebook group under the events tab, you will see our events as far as daily Zoom meetings. Sometimes we do them twice a day, but we definitely do them every night at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. And that's all I have for today. So until next time.